So today uh, we're going to continue in the book of Romans. And um, um, I love to share with you God's word. I'm a, I'm a big fan of God's word. If you've been here on, on Wednesday nights, um, you've been hearing my challenge to dig deeper into God's word. You've been hearing my challenge to be a student of God's word. And that's what we desire. That's what we desire for you here at Mission Ebenezer is that we would be a people, that we would be uh, students, okay, that love God's word, okay? Amen? There's a lot of things that we can allow, that we can give room for guidance in our lives, for direction in our lives. Many of us do, including myself. We watch a lot of videos. We watch a lot of other people preach, teach, but we have to be careful. And I just want to give you this one bit before we go into the word. Whatever you do in your life, whatever you do in your life, go to God's word. Go to God's word first. Some of us don't like that because the moment we go to God's word, we start to see that, man, there's some things I need to change. There's some things I need to adjust. Oh, I guess I was wrong about this decision I made. Or I guess I'm not really living the way God really wants for me to live. Don't be discouraged by that. Don't be discouraged by, you know, that challenge of becoming who God wants you to be. That's part of what I'm going to talk about today is that many times we want to do it our way, right? We want to do it. I want to do it my way first. And then when I fail, I'll try it your way. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw, throw any rocks in it. I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I'm speaking for myself 100%. But hey, if you agree with me, say amen. Because... <laughs> Many times we want to do it our way, right? So my, my encouragement, see, the closer I get to Jesus, the, close, the more I read God's word, the more I see how much I need his help. The more I realize that I'm a sinner. The more I see that, man, I need it. Like this guy that's in the mirror right now, he's all jacked up. But that's not something for us to be discouraged about. That's something for us to continue to walk in, get closer to him, because you're doing something right. You're, we're doing something right. The closer we get to Jesus, do you remember when Peter said, Lord, depart from me? You don't remember that? And he said, I'm not worthy, right? He says, I'm a sinner. Like, get away from me. Like, you know, let's put some distance between us, because every time I draw close to you, Right? Every time you're near me, I feel how much of a sinner I am. Is that a wrong thing? No. No. That's a good thing. So that we continue to press into him. We continue to allow him to work in our lives. I don't want to be a half Christian. I don't. I want to be completely, completely committed to Christ. Completely committed to God. And everything that I do. And so why I said, go to his word first. 
And if that's something we need to be, you know, make into a habit, let's work on that. I know it's hard. I know we're bombarded by a lot of things today in this technology age. Every time we open our phones, there's a lot of things coming our way, right? Flooding our minds and our thoughts. And a lot of it sounds good. And a lot of it's appealing. Whatever you listen to, whatever you go to, ask yourself that question. Does this align with God's word? Does this align with God's word or not? If it doesn't, hey, sometimes just because it sounds good doesn't mean it's good. Okay? Man. Jeez. Okay. Uh, briefly, last week, Pastor Josh and Pastor Caesar walked us through Romans chapter 9. You know, Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. Okay, listen carefully with me. Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11 are really, really big chapters. Not just in the book of Romans, but in the entire scriptures that we have, okay, in the word of God. Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11, really Paul is teaching us, explaining to us God's will for his people, God's desire for his people. What God wants, not just for Israel, although the emphasis here, okay, in these passages, you'll read a lot about the people of God, Israel, his people, his chosen people, and his plan to redeem them, his desire for redemption and for salvation. But when you and I come to Jesus Christ and we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become part of this kingdom through adoption. Everybody say, through adoption. Okay, it's a spiritual adoption that you and I have now become a part and have become... His people. Is everybody tracking with me? So Paul, and here's why I want to say this. These three chapters, especially chapter 9 on its own, they're so, like, rich with history and teaching that, quite honestly, we should be probably, like, just in one of these chapters, going through, like, six to seven weeks of study. That's how rich they are. Now, on a Sunday morning, we try to, like, compact it and give you, like, some of the juicier parts. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but when I, you know, grill a ribeye, I don't always, like, cut off the fat. <laughs> Somebody's agreeing with me over here. Somebody said no with, like, a lot of passion. Like, sometimes, not always... Not always, because I know, I know it's not good for me or for us. But sometimes I'll cut a piece of the meat with the fat, and it's just, like, especially if you let it, you know, if your flame's a little high, and it's still a little pink in the middle. Some of you don't like that. I know that. I know. But you got a little crispy edge with a little pink in the middle, and there's a little fat attached to that. Hey, God's word said the fat belongs to the Lord. So I'm not like, you know, I'm just saying. A little bit is just, it goes a long way for the taste buds. You know what I mean? My wife asked me, what do you want to do for Father's Day? I said, I just want to grill some steaks. And uh, we don't eat steak all the time, okay? So don't get me wrong. We try to keep it healthy. But I said, I just want to grill some steaks and hang out with family. 
That's it. That's, that's my idea of a beautiful day. I'm praying that the Lord gives us good weather. It doesn't have to be super hot. I said, Lord, it doesn't have to be like full sun. I don't care. I just want to have, I just want to be able to get that grill on, get it nice and hot, put on a little fat, I mean, a little steak on there and like just enjoy the day, you know, and just enjoy it and just enjoy it. So that's how I see this. That's how I see God's word. It's even more than that. But there's so much depth in here. But I want you to know, just as a, as a, as a brief, briefer, because I, <laughs> I just made up a word, okay? No, I told my team, hey, I'm going to spend like five to seven minutes just like on recapping last week, and then I'll move on. And I think I've already been on like 15. But um, chapters 9, 10, and 11 are so rich in teaching. And Paul is giving us an in-depth so as I was studying for chapter 10, I started going on all these like all these different like historical scriptures that Paul was bringing up and teaching about and then it was leading me to something else and then it was leading me to something else. There's just so much to learn and in order for us to know the context, we need to go back to what Paul is talking about and why he's referencing so much of Genesis and the Old Testament because that's the context he's wanting us to understand and know is that God has this plan for you and I. And he put this plan in motion from day one when he said, let there be light. He put this plan in motion from that first time that he said and that the Genesis tells us that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit, when it starts to get involved and you're in my life, it starts to bring order into our life. It starts to bring newness into our life. It starts, it's the beginning of you living a new life in Jesus Christ. Going from one place to another, growing and growing and growing in Jesus Christ. And if you want, if you really desire, okay? See, all of us are searching. We're all searching to have those, you know, Moments where we feel that, hey, we're becoming better, we're becoming different, we're being transformed. And I think that's a reason why we love to hear so many people on social media platforms or videos on YouTube and hear all these great talks and all these great things. Oh, that sounds good. Let me write that. But at the end of the day, if you want newness in your life, if you want the power of God to really transform give you fresh perspective, give you fresh eyes, a new heart, a new mind, you and I have to go to God's word. You and I have to be so close to Jesus that we're constantly being challenged with who we are every day when we wake up and saying, this isn't enough. I want more. Where can I get more? In God's word. Where can I learn more? In God's word. Where am I going to get refreshed? In the Holy Spirit. Where is order going to come into my family that's chaotic, that's lost? I have cousins, I have siblings, I have aunts, uncles who are lost. Where can that order come from? I'm telling you right now, if you've come today searching, if you've come today desiring, if you've come today wanting, if any of that fits in your mind or in your heart today, and you're here today saying, I need something, let me tell you, it's not that you came to the right geographical location it's not that the gps of your life that this is the best for you but if you've come today desiring let me tell you what you're going to find you're going to find jesus christ because that's the one destination the end of all that you need 
that we need in our lives. It's not about this physical location. It's about the spiritual place that you've come to, that you've ran to today. Amen? All right. All right. Let's go into chapter 10. So, chapter 10, I'm only going to go through the first four verses and we're done. Cool? (laughs) Cool? I got through the first four verses in my study and I said, Lord, I don't know if, if like, you know, we're going to even have time for more than that, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. Amen? Paul says, brethren, okay? Some of your translations might include sisters, okay? Those are some of the newer uh, versions of Scripture, not that they're wrong. But when he says brethren, it's an inclusive word. Brothers and sisters, it might say in yours. That's what mine says. Brothers and sisters, it says, my heart's desire. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire. You see it here? Have you ever desired something? Don't say steak. (laughs) Seriously, have you ever desired something? Have you ever longed for something? Maybe when you started dating your wife, you would long to, like, see her again, right? Or him. I don't know if it always applies to the women the same. Like, I don't know if they really desired us or longed for us, you know, as much as we might think or would like to think, right? In our heads, we think, like, oh, man, yeah, you know. But have you ever really longed, desired, wanted, like, just... When you start to think about those words, right, and what they really mean, the depth of their meaning, to long for something, to desire something, I think it's a little more than wanting, you know? Like, we all want things, we all want stuff, but I believe when you start to go to, like, desiring and longing, it goes a little deeper. So... Paul is giving us a little insight into what he's feeling right now. And there's something that he desires. There is something that he's strongly longing for in his heart. When I come across a a good place to eat, I start thinking about, you know, telling my wife about it. I found a place or I want to go try this place. And then my mind starts to go even further into, like, how it might taste and how the experience is going to be. I'm all about the experience. I hate just eating and on the run. I'm, I'm totally about, I have to, we all have to sometimes, but, you know, can't always have an experience, right? But when I find a place or something that I encounter and experience to such a level that I'm just like, man, that was amazing. That was the most amazing you know, breakfast burrito I've ever had. I start to think of everybody that I know that enjoys food and how much I want to tell them about it. I almost become like, like, like an ambassador for the place. I'm serious. 
I become like, I'm like starting to text people, call people. Y'all got to try this place. So-and-so took me there, you know, or, you know, they told me about this and I wasn't sure. But now that I've tried it, you guys, and I just start, I just start sending it out. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't post a lot on social media. I'm just about like telling those direct people. <laughs> I'm all about that. I find a new track that I liked. I'm sending it to Josh and Boomy. I'm sending it to all my musicians. Hey, did you guys hear this already? Did you guys taste this already? Have you guys been here already? Why? Because of something that I experienced, right? And so my passion, you know, goes into communicating or my experience goes further into like wanting to bring others into that and not be just like hoarding it for, I ain't going to tell nobody about this spot. No, I want everybody to go there. I want everybody to try it. Paul here is saying, I have this yearning inside of me. What is that yearning? Let's, let's check it out. He says, my heart's desire and my prayer and my prayer to God for Israel, for the Israelites. He's talking about his people, his own people. For the Israelites is that they may be, what does it say? That they may be saved. But you know what he's talking about? He's talking about the experience, the transformation that he's had in Jesus Christ. Are you tracking with me? He's talking about everything that's happened to me since that encounter that day with my Lord, I need to tell them about it. Because I've now come to realize who he is. And my brothers and sisters, they're missing it. They're missing out on this new life that my Lord has given to me and has offered me. He's transformed the way I walk. Because before I would run after those who believed and persecute them. He's transformed the way I've walked. He's transformed the way I've talked. Because when I was killing them with my words and killing them physically, now God has taken that and he's transformed everything I say in order to edify, to build up, to encourage, to teach what it really means to know Jesus Christ. He's transformed my heart. And everything that my heart used to be corrupt, dirty, selfish, and he's taken my heart and he's given me new meaning. He's given me purpose. What I thought used to be purpose, God said, no, that's not purpose. Give me an opportunity in your life and I'll show you what purpose is. He's transformed the way I think. He's opened my eyes to his scriptures. That's why later on in chapter 12, he says, don't be conformed to the way the world is. Don't continue to think the way you think. Pastor Isaac gave a sermon many years ago. I hope we can still have it in our archives, but he called it stinking thinking. He always came up with like the coolest titles. I have the hardest time. Anytime you hear me preach, I'll never mention a title. I cannot think of titles for the life of me. If somebody put a gun to my head and said, you need to think of a title for your message, my, which our team always does every week. What was your title? Uh, I don't know. Make one up. Whatever fits. It's hard for me. But he came up and he gave a message years ago called Stinking Thinking. God transforms the way we think through the renewing of our mind 
through his scriptures. Paul came to this realization and he said, I want, I don't just want. He said, I desire, I long to see those who I love, my own, to come to know this same transformation that I've experienced. And so he says that they would be saved. And watch this. He goes on to say, I can testify. I can testify about their, their zealousness. You know, they were zealous for God's things. They were zealous for God's law. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. But then he says, their zeal is not based on knowledge. In other words, it's not based on understanding truly who Messiah is for our lives, who Jesus is for our lives. You know, it's not enough just to know about him. I, I remember in high school, like, watch this. This is what, what he's talking about, okay? In high school, I started, like, going my own way and started doing things and dabbling in things that I shouldn't have. And I had friends who were Catholic, loved them, and they were very, very devout Catholic. I didn't know this until one particular day. I never heard them talk about going to church, first communions, all that. But one day we're riding in my friend's Impala. And on our way to school, I think it was, maybe after school, I don't know, we might have even been ditching for all I remember. Lighting one of those nice ones up. Won't get too detailed, but it was pretty fat. You know, those of you who are laughing, you know what I'm talking about. You just all like telling on yourselves right now. And one day, in the middle of inhaling one, we're driving by a Catholic church. And my friend, barely even able to talk, said, started doing the sign of the cross as he let it out. And I looked at them and I said, what? What did you say? You know, and they had some choice words. For the sake of our, where we're at, persinense vatos. You know, it's what he said, not said, but I'll translate it to that. And I was just like, what do you mean? We're all sitting in this car driving in front of the church, smoking a joint. And you're telling everybody to do the sign of the cross. It's respect, fool. So I said, all right, whatever. But that was the day that I realized, oh, these guys, they must go to church. But I didn't say anything because there's a pastor's son sitting in the same car doing the same thing they were. So I just, I said, all right, cool. So it's not enough just to know. That's all Paul is saying. We all know, right? What he's saying is that there's a difference between just knowing about him, knowing about his things. You know, if it, just as a, if you write this down on your note, go read it later. But Matthew 23 Jesus is like handing it out. You want to talk about what Jesus would do? 
Okay, so a lot of times we say, oh, what would Jesus do, right? And we talk about, oh, you know, let's be patient and let's be meek and let's be nice to everybody. Read Matthew 23, write that down. And, and just, just kind of try to get your head into how Jesus was communicating to the Pharisees and all those who were teaching the law. And here Paul is trying to teach, explain that Jesus is the fulfillment of all that law. And that it's not just enough to know about the law and to have it in our arsenal, in our, you know, back pocket. Fill, it, fill ourselves with just all this knowledge. Paul is saying, zeal is great. Zeal is awesome. Having, you know, all this knowledge about it and saying, oh, we know all the scriptures. Because trust me, you can know all the scriptures in the world from this book, I should say. We can have all these scriptures down and we can still stumble. And we still fall short. Because it's not about just memorizing, knowing it back and forth. It's about living it and allowing it to transform who we are through his son, Jesus Christ. So Paul says it's not enough just to have zeal. And that's why he says... For I can testify. Why? Because he was one of them. I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Verse 3. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own. What does he say? They sought to establish what? Their own what? Their own righteousness. They sought to establish their own righteousness. He says, they did not, what does it say? Come on, read it with me. They did not submit to God's righteousness. You see the difference? And you see some of those key words? Their own and submission. What was I saying earlier? A lot of times we just want to do things our own way. And we want to do things our own way first. I think I'm super smart, and I think I can figure it all out. I got it. I'm good. You know, God's had to deal with me that when people ask for stuff or ask for help or to help me, a lot of times my first reason, no, no, I'm good. Pastor, you need some help? No, I'm good. No, man, I need your help. (laughs) But that's something I'm still working on is to be humble And not be afraid or not think that I'm less of a person because I need help. Every single one of us is here today because we needed help. Every single one of us is here today because we came to the end of that rope and we said, I need help. I think it's. Very important for us to just take this moment to remember and understand that, hey, if I want to really live this, if I want to really experience this the way Paul is saying, like, he had a passion. He had a deep desire, a deep longing to see his people come to know what he's come to know. Where's our passion? Where's our desire for that? Right? But there's something very key here in this verse 3 that says, we want to do it our own way. But it's time for us to submit to God and what he has for us, what he desires of us, not what Joe wants, what he desires of me. 
so that I may know his righteousness. And how do we know his righteousness? How do we come to live it? How do we come to experience it? Let's see what verse 4 says. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Verse 4. Christ, here it is. Christ is what? The culmination. Do you know what that means? My, my, my oldest boy had culmination on Thursday from fifth grade. Culmination. It, it's like coming to the end of something that's taken a long time. That's one way to define culmination. Something that's taken some time and now you've come to the, you've reached, you've reached the end of that. It's an accomplishment in some forms, right? As we know it today and as we use it today. But here what he's saying is, he's using this really cool word, telos, in Greek, to say Christ is the goal. Christ is the goal. Christ is Have you ever, like, had something in your sight that you wanted to get done? And you envisioned part of the process, the beginning, but mostly you have in front of you probably a picture from Pinterest of what your end goal is. Right? Maybe it's the, the theme for a birthday party. Oh, this is what I want. My one-year-old's birthday party to look like the day of the birthday. And we're going to take pictures that are going to look just like this. Right? Right? My wife and I printed pictures of a boys' clubhouse. How many years ago did that start? Five? <laughs> and I still have the picture of what the end goal would be. But it's just not quite there yet. It's getting closer but it's not quite there yet. Paul is saying, hey, I've come to know something. And I've come to learn something. And now I'm living something. I was living a certain way for a long time. And I thought I had it down. If anybody could boast of that lifestyle, it was me. I knew the law forwards and backwards. If anybody could say they were keeping the law, it was me. As a matter of fact, I knew it so well that I felt it okay for me to go after others that weren't living that way. And not just kill them with my words, but kill them and take their lives out. This guy was literally killing people that believed in Jesus Christ. I lived a certain way, but now I've come to an understanding. Not only have I come to an understanding, but I've come to realize that this man that I'm telling you about, that this Messiah that I've come to learn about and receive and accept as my Messiah, the one who God himself sent that we've all been waiting for, he says, is here. And he's the end. He's the culmination. He's the goal that all of us thought we had in other things. I've come to realize he is the one. He is the ultimate. He paid the price for all of us. So that we would come to know this is what it feels like to reach the top. This is what it feels like to know success. Isn't this awesome? And so he says Christ is the culmination of this law. And he didn't even get rid of the law. 
He didn't. He didn't say, I came and all, you guys got to ignore. He just, all he said was, hey, when you come to me and you allow me to work in your life, all of these things get done for you. Everything that we thought the law or living by works, listen to me, or living by deeds, living by works and saying, this is what's going to make me a good person. By letting little old ladies walk in before me. Don't stop doing that. By opening the door for my wife. By getting her flowers. Don't stop doing all that. Don't stop, right, being courteous, showing kindness. All he's saying is, hey, all the things that we thought were making us right before our creator, before our God. We had it all wrong. And now we've come to this place in our life where we're realizing, hey, There is one man who covered it all. There is one man who's brought the transformation that we needed, who's brought the answer we've all been looking for. The need, the question that I have in my life, there was one man who's done this for me. And I want you to know the same. And his name is Jesus Christ, the culmination of the law. And I love the way this verse ends. He says, so that... There may be righteousness, not a righteousness by works, not a righteousness by keeping laws. He says, so that there may be a righteousness for everyone. What does it say? Who believes. Now, later, Paul makes the connection to Genesis where it says that God credited to Abraham because he he credited to him. In other words, he deposited into his spiritual bank account. He credited to him righteousness, not because he did works, but because he believed, because he had faith. And that, for each and every one of us, is what God is simply saying to us. If you just trust me, trust me first, trust me first with your babies, with your loved ones with your finances, with your marriage, trust me first. Believe in what I can do first. And you will see all the beautiful benefits and fruits that you will be able to see and like appreciate and live and experience and know that, hey, if I do it God's way, if I... If I just do it his way and I put myself aside and know that I got to put him first in my life, things will change in our lives. Here's what I want to do today before we leave. We all have come to his house with needs, with hurts. We've come to the Lord Jesus Christ with the biggest problems, the biggest pains in our lives, broken hearts, disappointments. But many of us also come today and Say, Lord, I I love what you've been doing in my life. 
You've been doing a great work in my life. But I desire to know you even more. I want to create a habit in my life of putting you first. Of doing it your way. What did he say? That we have failed. He said we have failed to submit our lives to God. We have failed to put him at the center of our lives. Of our families, our homes, our marriages, our relationships, our education, our careers. And so today what we're going to do is, I want you to pray for each other. That the same way Paul said, I have a desire for Israel. I have a desire for my people. That we would have and allow God to grow a desire for each other. And so what we're going to do is, you don't have to do too much. Just right where you're at, maybe turn around with one or two people. Three people if you want. You might have three in your family this morning. So, But I want you to turn around with each other. If you need to stand, go ahead and stand. You don't have to. You guys can sit down. And you might be thinking, Pastor Joe, what are you doing? <laughs> this is Sunday morning. No, look, I want you to pray with each other. I'm not asking you to share an entire testimony with your group. I just want you to say, yeah, I want to draw closer to Jesus. Or I want to know him more. Or I want to submit my life to him. If today you're saying, I want to submit my life to Jesus. If that's you, if you've come here today and you're saying, I want to submit my life to Jesus, the worship team is going to sing one of the songs we did during our worship time as we gather in, in our small groups. But if that's you today and you're saying, I want to submit my life to Jesus, tell your group. And maybe that's the one person you pray for in your group. Maybe that's the one person that you encourage in your group. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Don't wait for me to tell you. Green light. <laughs> Grab somebody or go join somebody. Some of us are introverts, so it's hard for us to like take that first step. But if you see somebody, a young person, anybody walk over to them go ahead guys if you're with your family pray with each other ask somebody how can i pray for you today if you're at home and if you're still watching we encourage you to do the same at home maybe call somebody text somebody if you have somebody at home with you take this time to pray with each other encourage each other lift each other up you can pray this song Lord it's my desire I want to worship you everything in me I want to give it to you my pain my broken heart my health my family all the things that I hold dear 
that I adore, they're in you. Give them your heart today. Right there where you're at, give them your heart. Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray to dismiss us at this time. Maybe what we need, maybe we need to connect with somebody and say, hey, I need, I need accountability in my life. Would you keep me accountable in my walk with Jesus? Would you help me walk with Jesus? And if that's you today, I encourage you to do the same. Find somebody, find a friend, guys, find a guy that you can walk with Jesus together. Sisters, find a, another sister in Christ that you can walk with Jesus together with. Somebody that would mentor you, somebody that would encourage you, but most of all that would check in on us. make sure that we're all that we're all living the life that God has called us to live amen Lord I thank you for your word today I thank you for your people I pray a blessing over your people today I pray a blessing over the decisions and commitments that we're all making to you to submit our lives to you to walk with you I pray this in your name Lord I pray this in your name Lord Jesus And everybody said, and everybody said, God bless you, church. God bless you. We'll see you next week.